Guardian, we've picked up a high-gain transmission. Origin point is somewhere along the coast, near the Cosmodrome. Guardians across the universe. This is a not normal episode of Cosmodrome Radio. This is an emergency broadcast as advertised on Twitter yesterday. We felt the need to have this episode after um, some much needed conversation and um, some volunteering that occurred. And it just, this definitely is definitely not a normal episode because as we know from this week's controversies and whatnot, um, the game destiny is not in the same way we once knew the, like we have seen a drastic shift in a way we didn't like any, and no one really saw coming and, or at least anyone that like was unbeknownst to it saw coming rather. And I, speak for the entire cast. I know, I know Diva and uh, Dirty T aren't here, but me and Cajun felt that keeping this small and concise with our special guest was more of the goal and keeping it on point and just getting the ball rolling was the goal. Um, as always, make sure you check the podcast out on your audio platform of choice after the show is over. Um, I will try to have, I'm, I'm still, I, I still need to get last week's up, but I will probably get both last week and this up immediately per, uh, after the show. So make sure that you check that out if you miss anything intermittently during the conversation. Um, I'm not going to like plug anything else. This is very much an emergency broadcast for a reason. My name is Panda the Paladin. As always, I got um, to my right on both mobile and desktop today. Cajun is on my right today. So Cajun Geek, how are you, sir? Uh, to say that I'm all right, like physically real life stuff. Yeah, I'm doing good, but I think I'm with a lot of the community when I say that, you know, it feels like we're not all right. Um, there's so many emotions going on through a lot of us, you know, frustration, anger. Uh, it feels like some betrayal. It feels like trust is broken, but for a lot of us, for a lot of people, they're still trying to like sift through what exactly happened, what took place, who's responsible, et cetera. And we, we still don't have all the details. All we have is some information and without context, we have to make assumptions and that's not something we should be doing. Yeah. Um, but today we get the rare chance to not only hear directly from someone who was affected by all of this, but give a chance for their voice to be lifted up and at the same time, hopefully share their experience of why this situation as a whole being laid off and why more and more people are starting to push for the video game, for reform to happen in the video game industry. So most definitely, most definitely. Um, I ask that everybody listening to this, please listen with an open mind. And please consider heavily having some empathy, not just for those that got laid off, but also for the devs 
that are still working there. Yeah, that's a great way to put that. Um, we are very blessed, very thankful for the opportunity to speak to um, former Associated Tester Brainiac. How are you doing tonight? Uh, as much as you can be. How are you? Yeah, I, I've let the recent events do for a little bit, obviously. I've had way more time to think about it than I probably should have. But uh, thank to, thanks to friends and family for uh, getting me through the probably the roughest part of it. Uh, but yeah, glad to be here today. I'll, I'll try to speak to my experiences with Bungie. But it, keep it, it is still a little bit biased, even though I did get laid off. It was a dream. It was a dream come true for me. So, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, I guess, I guess the way I wanted to start this is like this game, like like you said, it was a dream come true for you. Like this world, this expansive universe that we all love, is something you care about. What made you want to pursue gaming in terms of like as a career? Well, I wouldn't say. Let's clarify this a little bit. My journey sure. kind of happened on accident. Okay. Just because. Uh, I applied for Bungie pretty much as soon as I got out of college just because I was like, oh, why not, right? Right. You never know what's going to happen. My, uh, my parents always, like, they're not exactly fond of me playing video games all the time, and I wanted to prove them wrong. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I got an email, like, February of 2022, and I got accepted for interviews and uh at the time when they interviewed me they asked me if i could start like immediately and then i told them i gotta finish school first so they delayed my employment until march so that's huh? like that's like the rough timeline so by then the way i timed it out is kind of funny i wanted to be able to do the day one raid for vowed disciple so I timed it so that it would be I would start working the Monday after. That's I perfect. <laughs> I, I can check my calendars, but it was like yeah, let's go to March. That is so cool. Yeah, I started March twenty first of twenty twenty three at Bungie, and that was the Monday. A few, I believe, like two or three weeks after Witch Queen came out and the the raid was released. I didn't get the emblem, but it was fun nonetheless. Right. You know you're a raider and a gamer when you <laughs> start your job after after, ma after a massive raid event. That is freaking stellar right there. GG. Yeah, it is like I'll first and foremost, I'll always be a gamer of destiny, no matter what happens, no matter what happens to me in the future mm -hmm. i've always just wanted to keep playing destiny i played since destiny 2 came out it was like my go-to game for the longest time and yeah i i like to say that i majored in destiny 2 and my minor it was my computer engineering degree <laughs> uh, but you know that's that's just the little things so outside of destiny 2 were there any other franchises within from Bungie that you also enjoyed, or was like Destiny your first like taste? 
I believe I played the original Halo before, but more of like a multiplayer aspect. Like they had like clan parties at my friend's house and stuff like that. I was never good at it, but I once Destiny Two came out, I kind of just tried to pick it up and stick with it as much as possible. I stuck through, uh, the double primary meta of the vanilla D Two. I <laughs> I played uh. Laser Tag Weekend when Prometheus yeah. Lens was on Xur, so I have that emblem, and I played the Lord of Vols Weekend as well, so I have that emblem as well. So I've been playing <laughs> for the longest time. I didn't play as much during Curse of Osiris. I think I only played during Prometheus Lens Laser Tag, and so I I just played PvP for a little bit. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's like Destiny Two has been my world for the past five years. Since it came out, that is amazing. Oh, indeed. And it's like, like when you, when you first began, and like in terms of just like for the, for the audience, like because we haven't like really gotten to that. What was your main like day to day like? I don't want to say occupation. That sounds like like very like static. But like like what were your responsibilities at Bungie that we people sort of like get like an idea of what your scope is in terms of the conversation. Uh, so my job at Bungie, I feel like I can say this is not exactly NDA, but it's like I was a tester for De- for for Destiny Two. I was on a very specific team, so I wasn't testing everything, but it was like we have a specific section that we focus on. Not all we like filter, try to filter through like the live bugs that come in, and we try to filter like, okay, this isn't for our team. Uh, but then if it is kind of related, we would ask, uh, like. Is this on us, or is this? They would tag a different team, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, just because Destiny Two is an incredibly massive game, like whether bugs are bound to happen, as they do with such things, but just because I learned there's a timing cadence to everything, so it's like there's just like we do have a fix for this, but it's not within the release timings for certain patches pretty much so we just like we filter we try to put more push more of the important things up the pipeline pretty much like remember crafting weekend mm. yeah yeah that, i got to work on that that was like my first overtime that i was Oof. allowed to work on wow of that it was like it was a kind of like a factory i guess it's just certain batches uh, had well, the fixes that we wanted, and then it was just released into major, major, major cadences. Just how how the game comes out, and like I know it's like an, a meme at this point, but like every time we turn off, they turn off the servers for maintenance, and everyone complains because it's the weekly Tuesday shutout. But it's like it's how it's sustained for so long. Fair enough. So, Fair enough. So when it came to QA testing, um, I think it would be if you could share your experience of like what your experience was like working at Bungie in the QA department, as well as testing those select systems. So for you, you you and your team, you tested you know this certain portion of Destiny Two. Mm-hmm. So when you were given something to test or to, you know, put through QA. 
what was like your overall scope of work? If you can get, walk us through that. Uh, I'll try to be as vague as possible. Fair you know how understandable. You know how we have like seasonal releases. Mm-hmm. Uh, used yeah. to I guess now, but like season of this, season of that. That's like our biggest like. This is like okay. This is what we're working on right now. Uh, sometimes we swap between different ones, but it was like we have stuff that we want to put out into the real game on on this release versus the next release versus the next release of next release, and then just the timing of it. Some things just get pushed around. I I can't say to why specific timings, but it was like okay, this is what we're working on for. We would do like uh, we work on things pretty much like a week to week basis. We would plan things a little. We plan things a little bit in advance, right? It was like, oh, we know we have to do this certain thing on this certain day before this certain time. But usually, uh, the team that I worked on, we had like, uh, I think it was a total of like six or seven people. Some teams were larger. Some teams were uh, smaller. But I believe it was like that was like kind of the average. But I was fortunate enough that my someone on our team always advocated for us to not work overtime and whenever we did it was always voluntary i never listen but you know (laughs) yeah no because like whenever like i'm an active player of destiny as far as far as i'm concerned i'm still am but Mm -hmm. my my clans would always report to me as like hey this thing happens like okay i'll Send. I'll let the bug. I'll let the people know about it. Uh, but most of the time, uh, if you know the U- the channel YouTube channel Cheese Forever, he yeah. Does, yeah, he does most of our bug reporting work. Honestly, it's just whenever <laughs> it's it's true. It's kind of funny because he does step by step processes on how to recreate the bug, and that tells designers so much about wow. how that fix it. So it's not a matter of like, is what he, because is it like copying work? Kind of, yes. But also, it simplifies the process a lot more. That's valid, yeah. So, okay. I, so for me, I've always looked at like Cheese Forever as this like, to me, it feels like a bad part of the Destiny 2 community that's always like looking for exploits. So, but would you say it's more of a necessary evil? I wouldn't say Um, necessary evil, right? Because the way, just because of the scale of Destiny, you always have people that are trying to find an extra edge, regardless of its PvP, PvE, etc., etc. Cheese Forever just so happens to line up perfectly with test mentality, is that uh, if it's a bug... And it's technically an exploit. He's letting people know about it. And right. It just so happens that testers are also people looking at that. I just found that I always talk to my clanmates about that on on in my personal times. Like, uh, if you ever so I yeah, it's just it's a happy coincidence. Uh, I know uh, other player, other people might not view it that way but the way i view it is like as a job it made my it made finding 
and fixing things a lot easier. I can imagine. Fair enough. So, in terms of like the day to day process when going through things, you see, like, you're actually using the community as a resource. What was sort of, I don't like, in terms of like the, like, I want to phrase this in the best way possible. Like going through the past, it's been about like a year since Vow came out, about a year and a half, correct? So like going through each patch and making sure, like there's always that phrase when it comes to to Destiny players, was this tested? And I want to like sort of like get in your head at that experience as well. Like seeing that in the open when it comes to the player base. I, like, like when it comes to like, wondering how errors occur with certain patches, how are those addressed or how are those missed when it comes to the conversation? Like I said, I can't really speak to how other teams did things, but most of those were probably just gameplay stuff, right? It was like, right. With a player base as large as and as active as Destiny 2 is, it's literally impossible to test every single possible outcome of all the AI placements, all the combat mechanics, etc, etc. We can do as much as we can to like get to like a certain point, but mm-hmm. as long as like the average player doesn't run into like a game-breaking bug, it's part of it's part of like how like the quality uh, like the bar like the you uh there's a question earlier about like oh is there a certain bar that we can't do like is there a certain bar that we have to meet this is more of like is this enough if if we put in the work to fix this how much of that are we going to see in our returns so it's like a cost cost return kind of thing and sometimes things are just not worth not worth fixing because it takes either too long to fix it or it's such a small change that no one's going to notice that it was fixed anyway. Okay. That's an interesting way to look at it. Because I know there's so, like, there there have been certain bugs that linger for a while in the game or different issues. That's, that is an interesting way to like know about it and like that to sort of publicize it. That way people understand the scope of the landscape of the game when it comes to future patches. Right. And also, yeah. if, like, if it's a fun bug, people are going to leave it in for as long as possible. But yeah. Fair enough. So yeah. Um, so a lot of what you just explained is very similar to, if for those not in know, while I'm not in the video game industry, I am in the quality industry and quality assurance. And a lot of what you just said is very applicable to what I do in my aspect of job. So basically bottom line to sum it up for a lot of people is everything's on a priority system and everything is graded in what is, is a priority, what can be allowed, what is acceptable, or if fixing this one item is going to cost more than the return on investment. So, do I necessarily agree with that type of hierarchy? No, because I think all things should be fixed. But at the same time, from a cost perspective, man force or workforce resource usage, 
you have to do the best you can to keep the game as stable as you can. And so that means you've got to come at it from a priority standpoint. It's also the case of it's a game, right? It's not a physical product that people can touch with their hands. Whereas like QA probably for um, an active, like an actual product differs very, very different from like something like in game where we can just like, there, I, I know this is a joke and like a meme in the community, but it's like sometimes we just can't just flip a switch to not give you stuff, right? Uh, but it's just like a if it's a problem, we can just flip, turn it, flip on and off switch, and we can see a return on that fix a lot sooner than if you'd like say have a major product recall. That's right. a very different thing. Yeah. So very that's why so. that's why games always have day one patches because like. Some versions just we had to just ship. We had to just like put as many fixes as we can, according to our timeline, and then afterwards, like okay, now we can patch it. Now we can add that fix, and that will pick, take care of most of the bugs. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um. So for this next question, um, in your experience at working at Bungie, was there ever a bug that y'all discovered? or came across that would have like severely impacted the game that um like y'all wasn't were able publicly to work. known yeah um i mean not that i know of i mean the only thing that comes to mind right was the big crafting weekend and that was a hell of a time uh, I never bothered because it was too many steps for me to care, right? Uh, to participate, but it was, uh, that was like the most breaking thing we had, and that was like an all hands on deck sort of thing. We had to really, we had, wow. we had people come in on weekends to work on it because it happened over a weekend. Yeah. Like people right. found out on Friday night, and then we were like. Uh, I I didn't I wasn't in the office at the time, but I know some people that did work on it and uh were are now laid off. I don't think that's a surprise, right? Uh, but it was like that was our biggest, at least for me when I was started working there. That was the biggest thing that came to mind. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I know when it came to the crafting, there was a moral divide in the community. What was the discussion like, if you can, like, like even from a vague standpoint, what was the conversation like amongst the working environment of that situation, even from a moral standpoint for you guys? It was, first and foremost, Destiny 2 is a game. I like to remind people that people think it's their job. It right. isn't. It's no longer mine, but, you know. It's a game, and if it's technically fun and beneficial, whoever was in charge just decided we'll leave it in for a little bit. Uh, we'll see how we didn't. Real, I guess at the time when we released, when we found out about it, we didn't know the extent of what people could do. Uh, that and then once we did realize, like, oh no, sort of moment, and then right. we were like, okay, we should get a. F- they had a little bit of fun. We'll give it a day, and then we have to. Do something about this. Uh, I don't know the exact 
way they fixed it. I just know that they brought me in for overtime to check, okay, did we fix this properly or whatnot? And mm-hmm. that was that. Uh, I don't, like I said, I'm a tester. I'm not a designer, so I don't know the exact reason how they did it. But all I know is that it wasn't something that was in the game before. It was something that was in the most recent patch. And then uh, something happened. Right. Uh, okay. I don't like to use this term, but it was definitely like code spaghetti. <laughs> and like that actually like does bring up like a, like a valid point because I like one thing that I wanted to touch on is there is the sort of sentiment in the community that De- Destiny is being held up by like spaghetti and prayer, and I don't know how much you could speak to it because obviously like you like you're not too involved from the coding aspect, but in terms of like daily testing behind the scenes. How like is like how how does the removal of content plus the age of how Destiny is in the engine affect the uh, testing environment? Um, I don't know how much I can say, but it is a matter of it's a combination of the two. It is technically an old engine, and st- right. a lot of the stuff is still technically in the game. Like all the um, you have those sunset consumables are still technically taking up space in the game. If we wanted, we could just remove them at any time. But it was just a matter of like, look, the players want to keep them, let them, let them keep them. Um, to their, I I think it's to their detriment. But you know, whatever. What am I gonna do about it? I can't make people right. dismantle things. Dado has a much better say on that. Um, <laughs> but it's a matter of like, like. First, like people, I I think the f- first and foremost rule of it is like it's a game. If it's not breaking the code, it's, it's not like making people crash. It's probably being deprioritized because that was like the biggest thing. Right. Uh, so it's it's a combination of things, and also Destiny is an kind of an old game. Destiny right. 2 in particular is five years old, going on six next year. And that's yeah. insane to think about. For reference, I believe like the only other game that is this old is like a MOBA, like Dota 2 or uh or something like that. Right. Even like Fortnite, they change it fairly often. I don't know. I don't play Fortnite, but I know it's like it definitely receives like engine upgrades on the regular when in terms of that's why they'll even tell people, yeah. "Hey, taking you from the game for a certain amount of time, deal with it." And what, like, is that, that's never really happened when it comes to Destiny. I don't think. Yeah, it's, and even and yeah, even it's a unique case. Those, yeah, and for those that don't know, even for a game like World of Warcraft, and even you know, for those ancient like me, you know, uh, freaking EverQuest. Oh dear, those games I have, I heard of EverQuest, games, yeah. Those games have received engine upgrades and even engine redos. Okay. So, yeah, but the fact that the engine for Destiny is coming up on six years old and the fact that it has. I said the game is coming up on six years old. I don't know how old the engine is. Well, from my understanding, the engine is definitely different and upgraded from. Destiny 
And I know there was a, a, a vast upgrade that occurred with Beyond Light, I recall. There was the whole talk of, like, they, they had to reintroduce new things to add, like, the crazy weather engine they had on Beyond Light for, like, Europa, I believe they had spoke on. There was an, a, a vast upgrade they did there. But I, I can't don't know. speak to what they changed in Beyond Light, but as far as I know, it's still the the major, vast majority is still the same system. I don't know. Like I said, I'm just a tester, man. Or, right. I'm I'm there, isn't, there isn't so much love that, that you can speak on from like the, the the grand scheme of things, but I definitely still felt that your conversation was valuable because it definitely is a situation of your like your influence on the game still mattered like what you did and what your colleagues did when it comes like just the crafting alone you could speak on when it comes to you helped make a difference in the game for the long term because like as much as i loved having shotgun shells and an auto rifle that's not what the game was meant to have so it's very much like yeah you, you definitely made it made a difference it I like to think of crafting kind of as like a one-off thing that I did, more like, uh, because I think we talked about this. They they talked about the legendary shard removal. Yeah, we we talked about that like off off camera a little bit. Like we we talked about like how le- like legendary shards. I I I was a little frustrated. Like, I talked about on previous episodes of like why would we we keep deprecating things, and you had spoke on that a little bit. Yeah, I'll talk about that conversation that we had. Just because there's so many... In in Destiny, you have only so much consumable space. Right. And that already is taken up by... I don't know how many different currencies that we have, including raid banners. Uh, that's a whole different thing. Oh. Uh, but... Uh, all, the, all those just kind of pile up. There's a reason why we tried to... You say deprecate. We were trying to say simplify the economy a little bit. Well, what I, what, I, what I was saying by deprecate was it feels like not like we've gotten rid of planetary materials. And that was kind of that kind of struck a nerve a little bit because it made like uh, planetary locations not as unique. And then there and then there was the removal of now with legendary shards. And I think even when we had our conversation, you had said it made the economy less stressful when some people have like thousands and some people have like tens. When recently with Lightfall, like the introduction of the the seasonal engrams just piling up, it definitely introduced a way for newer players to reach higher levels of legendary shards. I think there there needed to be more ways to spend legendary shards if any, if anything for for players that way the the call, like the the large stocks some people had could come down because you're seeing now like people are pouring their legendary shards into phantasmal fragments and dark fragments getting ready for when the the economy crashes next next season it very much it feels as if there was just not enough ways for players to spend the currency or even or even not even teaching players how to find in game if that makes sense ways to use that currency or find that currency in profitable ways uh, I do want a minor correction. We aren't. The plan was not to remove legendary shards entirely until the final shape. I I appreciate the correction. Yes, like we're, like they're just not. They're, they won't be like gainable next season. If I'm correct, is that correct? Like even uh, if you dismantle something, like even if you dismantle something, it'll just give you. No, 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 around, you, I believe. They they're still in the game. They're still earnable. It's just right. we'll, I believe 
they're still how... earnable. If I understand, but they'll be less valuable. Is what right. Right. You say. won't. You won't have ways of spending it per se. Like you can't go to like Rahul and spend them on like spend them on a gun anymore. They'll just be like sitting in your inventory as not part of the equation of like glimmer and enhancement cores and stuff like that. Yeah, I believe that's no. They'll still you can still be able to still spend them. It's just they'll be uh, not required for a lot of things. Yeah, if like people want to like engage with different systems, it's not as restrictive. Right. But they'll still be in the game. I believe. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah, no. I uh, will just like we're not. Nothing's changing until final shape. But it, but like in terms of the conversation that you and I had, like you like what, what were you saying in terms of the reason to get rid of them for the sake of the player base? Like, uh, a ma- like a majority of players don't have a dragon's hoard of loot in their right. vault, in their whatever inventories they have. That's probably like around one percent. So I'm part of the one percent of Destiny Two players. Um, but it was like the more majority of players have like less than a thousand of legendary shards, or I don't know, I don't know. But it's just like if we ripped out legendary shards from the game, it would not affect as many players as they think. Also, we're you can't use them anywhere else, any as many places anymore. So yeah, fair enough. But uh, moving on to another topic, please. No, no. Yeah, sure. Okay, John, you were about to dive into something. Yep, and I was gonna say. Um, so now we're getting into some questions. I know I present. So just so everyone has a bit of context, um. When we first started having a discussion with Brainiac, he presented all the questions that we were going to talk to them about to make sure that, one, there was no NDA violation that was going to occur, and then number two, to also set the standard that they are going to be talking from their experience. So they won't be able to get tell us what this individual said or this individual did. This is only from their perspective. So take that, take that and understand that. So with that being said, um, so for a lot of the community, we've been hearing that there have been other things going on, and this has been coming out as of this week because the whole layoff. So I think let's set the stage. You came on right after Vow to Disciple, so in Witch Queen. So, so from that point and then up until just after the Lifefall launch, what was the mood and sentiment amongst the Bungie team and the Destiny 2 team in regards to how they felt about where Destiny 2 was as a whole? I want to say for, at least for my personal experience, right? Everyone that I worked with was really happy with what it was going because a lot of them did play the game. They enjoyed like looking at what was coming out of the pipeline and excited for players to play it because it was like 
oh, we're bringing, uh, we're bringing this back. We're bringing this back. This is a new weapon. This is a new weapon. This is a new activity. I think players are going to enjoy this because I think the first thing I worked on was like Season of the Haunted. Mm. Uh, or, sorry, correction. I was worked, if you remember, back a while ago. There was a bug where if you dismantled the rare, the blue, the blue set, yeah, um, legendary farm. Yeah, so I fixed that. <laughs> oh man, man, I got all rich right, off that, right, man. We know. No, no, I hit eighteen grand off that thing, man. Oh man. Yeah, sorry. The, I got rich. Yeah, the team I worked on, we did a lot of. Whenever there was a farm, that was always an issue with us. We we took it personally, but you know. Oh really? <laughs> so that was like the first. That was the so, first. So I'm guessing I... you guys you guys dealt with the Icora uh, exotic farm too when Lightfall came that out. That was that was a unique thing because we didn't know that was happening. Oh really? They, well, we knew. Okay, we knew that it was like, oh, we're gonna do this thing for new lights that they can get an exotic really easily. Right. We didn't know the specifics how they set it up but once we found out afterwards like oh this doesn't they like people found the bug of you can get an infinite number of that Mm -hmm. and then we were like ah that's a problem so it was like that's hilarious when that bug came out it was like i had just got home from work i didn't have anything planned i was like i'm staying up and i'm gonna freaking jump on this farm like i've never had a chance to. oh yeah no the, especially the season of the haunted farm man that was that was money in the bank right there <laughs> yeah uh, all, all those is like whenever we had to farm it was like an issue because uh but, but anyway uh yeah that was so yeah so basically a lot of the team was excited for what was coming out, what y'all were producing, and you generally you all thought that the player reception was going to be good. Is that my understanding? Yeah, at least that was like my first impression, just because uh, like the stuff that were introduced in Lightfall Strand and stuff that was like something people anticipated for a while. Um, right like that was like as a player i was like oh this looks sick like and everything um and all the seasons leading up to that it was kind of kind of fun too because season of haunted brought back the old leviathan Mm -hmm. uh season of the plunder was just a uh like fun pirate season i thought i thought it was a good thing uh and then i believe season of what was the Seraph, yeah. Brought back all the Rasputin things that everyone loved. So it was like there was things to be excited for every thing that we worked on. And I thought people were going to people did love it, but it's just a matter of like there were different receptions to different themes, I guess. But it was like it looked pretty cool what we were working on that people i thought people were going to be excited and they and rightfully so they were excited for the, the big things but it was just like the smaller things that i didn't know about per se mm-hmm. was like i knew of i knew of big things just because i knew where to look but it was like like the big over the, the big ideas we had for each expansion was like oh i think people will like that and I, i'm not sure how much uh 
I think people kind of the like hindsight is always twenty twenty. Uh, I can't say how my other people that I worked with viewed it, but uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting time. Right after mm-hmm. Lightfall released, I can't say what other people were feeling, but I enjoyed what we did, what we got, I guess. Because it reminded me a lot of Beyond Light, with like how we learned about stasis. I know. I think. I think people were disappointed with how how it was introduced, rather than, uh, along with other things. But, um, yeah, like this is all this is all personal personal opinion, personal experience. Right. Right. Like as a player, I was excited. Fair enough. Um, and when, when it, like, but also with that, I know whenever there is a negative sentiment in the community, I, I want I've always wondered like what is the perspective of the environment within Bungie. I remember when uh, last year, around the time I know you mentioned the small things around the season of the plunder and Seraph last year, with uh, I remember Glad's big video came out of him uh, like raising the the question of the seasonal model becoming too repetitive and not as like it like like enticing for people anymore i don't know if there was conversation about that from from the testers of like the 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 seasonal model not being up to the players like liking when it comes to that that system i definitely i could definitely see people's reasons why they were getting it was kind of like a bland taste if you taste the same thing over and over again right Mm -hmm. it was like We've done this a what felt like a bajillion times. It was only like nine, ten times at that point. And Something like just, that. Yeah, but it was from it was from, it was from chosen forward. So yeah, it was good, like a good chunk of time. It, that was like everyone was like just kind of bored of the format. So uh, it was we. I don't know. I can't speak to it, but I didn't have any impact on that. That was more of a decision that other people made, and they were like, "Okay, we can see what you're going for. Yeah, we'll try to do what we can to change it." And that was when, that was when the idea of like a episode model, I think, was starting to come out or something. Okay. So it was like we we knew they wanted they knew they wanted to do something different, and then they were, but we already had the rest of the year planned out, so we couldn't really change it um so what we were working on couldn't just be dropped because that would ruin the entire game right but uh i don't know i don't think i can talk about exactly what they did but yeah that was that was like the scenes of the plunder was the time where they took the those community settings seriously right that makes a lot of sense so in regards to community feedback and relaying that to upper management i know in the ign article it was others have come out and said that upper management kind of ignored a lot of suggestions or feedback 
was this something that you in the Q that you and the QA team also kind of experienced as well? Uh, I mean, we always pitched ideas to other team members. Uh, I think leadership included. We always had that like suggestion box sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But what was picked up, I couldn't say on whether if they deliberately ignored it or not. But it was a matter of like, what sounds good on paper? What has worked before? And that was like the model. I think that was the model they had on approving or uh, cutting things, I guess would be the better term. But it was like, just some things kind of uh, fell on deaf ears. I I don't want to say what exactly, because I don't know if I can say, but it was a matter of like, their reasoning behind denying certain things, I will never know. Right. Fair enough. Um, in terms of like, I know we 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 touched on uh the the plunder seraph era. Uh, when it comes to the reception post lightfall, I don't know if you could speak on when it comes to the negative perception or how the negative perception influenced your day to day. Like, did it have an impact on your day to day when it came to testing? Was there acceleration on on new ideas? Was there like any change up to how things occurred? Post light fall, bro, like reception. Mm-hmm. Because I know that, like, there was that dramatic shift in terms of new ideas with Season of the Deep, with the Deep Dives, and now with Sabbath Inspired, there so, was those different changes. So I wasn't aware of all, like, the nitty gritty gameplay stuff that we had planned for that year. I knew of, like, the major themes. It was like, uh and but i still had my own job to do right that makes sense i had stuff i had to make sure it was done i had to make sure that my own plate was clean so i had very little time to observe digest and kind of rate i guess the other stuff people were working on like you can you can it's easy to say like why didn't they do this? Why didn't do they do that after the fact? But in right. the middle of it is just like, if we kept debating on what to do, we would never get things done. If we kept right. deciding if we wanted to do this or that between A, B, C, or D, Destiny 2 would never have gotten finished because we would still be stuck in design phase. We would never get out of tests. We would never get to the point of releasing something, something to the wider community. There's always an infinite number of what ifs, but we at after a certain point, you have to realize to be realistic, to be conscious of like to be conceptual of what we want to do, to what players want. It's safer to go with what we've done before and what has worked before. Okay. I know there was um, the, 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 I remember what recently when the, G, the, the GDC conference like video came out around, like about a few months ago from last year had came out. There was the conversation of 
trains and whatnot. And like speaking of what you're saying of like nothing will ever get done. There was that conversation of fast trains and fast delivery versus quality delivery. Um, what, what was there ever any conversations of like, like get this out the door versus like quality of a product? Mm, I mean, kind of yes. There's just some things that we had to just not work on because they told us that we needed to work on what we knew we could get done. Because okay. otherwise it was like if we still were working on A versus B and deciding if we want to do C, we know we can finish A, we might be able to finish B, but we'll never get to work on C. So okay. I think that's just I don't think that's an exclusive to Bungie thing though. That's right. just a matter yeah. of like practicality, regardless of what profession you're in. It's just like you have to make decisions on what you can accomplish in a certain amount of time. Yeah, speaking from experience within the quality field, like I said, I'm within another industry. Um, basically, it is going to boil down to a priority system when it comes to performing, as I'm going to put it, inspections or reviewing things. Um, and basically it's for us, it's a bit of a checklist, you know, is it acceptable? Is it not? And if it's not, you know, we've got to let other departments handle that and we kind of have to move on to another aspect. Uh, you can't pigeonhole yourself onto this one thing. Otherwise it's going to affect the production of what you're trying to do. So there's always that give and take that happens in the QA area. Yeah. Adrian, what do you got for him? All right. So you, once again, you came in uh, shortly after uh, Witch Queen. Um, so around this time is when a lot of the community was hearing about the Sony buyout. Um, so when you came on board um, for not just for your team, but also within the Bungie studio itself, what was the general reception to this? Um, and also, did anyone have concerns at the time to that buyout? Uh, when I started working there, I wasn't even aware of the Sony buyout, even though they announced it like a month before. And I just kind of slipped my mind. So I wasn't applying to Bungie knowing that it was going to be a Sony partnership. Does that make sense? I applied for Bungie. I stayed for Bungie. Right. I, I wasn't like a diehard Sony guy. I was just like, oh, we're working with Sony now. As far as I'm concerned, nothing really changed for me. Uh, I can't speak to my other people that I worked with but it was more of like people who didn't agree with the Sony partnership by the time I started they already weren't at Bungie I don't and I don't want to like I don't want to paint the picture negatively but like 
I didn't get to see any impact on what we were doing because what I started with and what I finished with was what I knew. So I didn't right. see like we didn't see like it was not, there was not like a Sony guy that came to the studio or anything. It was just like we have Sony stuff that we knew. There was like uh, I I don't know. I, nothing comes to mind, but it was more of it was just like. It wasn't like Bungie hung up banner saying we are owned by Sony. It's just like it's just a part of our job description, if that makes sense. It, yeah, makes it was kind of it was kind of like in the back of your mind backdrop type type of thing that oh yeah, we're now also owned by Sony, you know, but you did your day to day job specifically for Bungie and what you're doing within Mm-hmm. the scope of QA testing. Now that's uh, that's uh understandable and from we talked earlier, you know, I used to be in corporate um and that was a lot of what the last company I worked for um what it was like. Uh I think something happened to the freaking uh feed again uh panda with the cameras. Ah. Why? Yeah. What happened to it? Yeah, they're like tiny. Oh, they're just tiny? What why are they tiny? I don't know. <laughs> Technical difficulties, people. Yeah, I, I wasn't like wasn't wasn't the, the the Discord is up. Like you should be able to see all the cameras. I don't know why they just did that. So weird. Tiny camera um. squares. <laughs> like just imagine going to see my left eye run. So weird. But okay, I, I think it's, I think we should be good now because I moved it to my left monitor. All right, gotcha. there we go. Now we're good. Um But yeah, it's and this is just my experience. I'm not attesting to, you know, this is what Bungie was going through, etc. But um basically whenever you've got another company that kind of like buys or merges with your company, you pretty much don't feel that presence until like an X moment. And like I said, I can't attest to what, you know, happened this week at Bungie but in my experience it was we didn't feel it until it was kind of like too late and as I shared um, I was laid off from my job but basically it was a part of one they were cutting positions that they felt were redundant and then two it was as my boss told told me later was that I literally worked myself out of a position. So I can kind of see that pattern with how things transpired. Um, I won't be too specific, but it was similar of like, I was, I was doing things such that uh, if I was gone, no one would notice. Yeah. Kind of basically, like that sort of thing. Basically, you had your systems in place. You had your way of doing things that it was, at least from uh, from my standpoint, it was so well documented that anybody could literally sit in my chair and be able to follow a checklist and boom, 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 they could do my job. That's how well I had it automated down to and that's essentially what happened. So I can't attest to like 
your situation as well. I mean, similar. It's like different, different words, same meaning, sort of thing, right? Right. right. But like, like, like I was saying before, it was a partnership, as they kept referring to it. Uh, whenever we had meetings, like we had a shooting partnership. So, uh, I don't think I was directly affected. Just because corporately speaking i was low on the ladder i was a tester i wasn't senior anything i was right. fresh blood okay now but like in terms of that though like, like we we do want to emphasize that like obviously like you did matter and when it comes to the yeah. I, I definitely would want to shine a spotlight on the article that was released today the our path forward thing that they put out and one thing that really like I mentioned before we got on camera was the statement of it being one of the most difficult weeks in the company's history and having to say goodbye to our colleagues. And that kind of felt like a dig, especially because not everyone got to say goodbye. And I don't know how much you could say from your experience that day, but like, for what you know, like, 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 what can you tell us in terms of like that experience, like wake, waking up to all of that? So Monday was weird for me. I have to. We're like the Bungie is always like a remote first workplace, so I had some friends on the East Coast that I had to kind of get up early to help them with things they're mm -hmm. like they're on east coast where some people are we're all kind of scattered throughout in our little team so when they got started working they send questions to me at like 7 a.m usually so in order to get ahead of that on monday i just figured oh, i'll get in there early i went i walked into the office my I, my id card still worked and everything i sat down and then i started working um i want to say at I got an email later saying, if you get a meeting, attend it because it's mandatory. And then one of my coworkers said, uh, it was great working with you all. And then we asked, what does it mean? He said, I can't say. And then soon after, I, uh, a few hours afterwards, I was done answering their questions i believe they probably went to each east coast people probably went to lunch uh, i got a meeting on my calendar 15 minutes before it was supposed to start and i started panicking i don't remember the exact sequence of an events but they set up my it was like a meeting room that I had to go to that I'd never been to before, and then I got lost, and then I called into the meeting on my phone, and they're like they gave me directions to the meeting so that I would show up kind of on time. And then it was it was a small meeting, um, and then within the course of fifteen minutes, they told me everything that you kind of know now. Uh, yeah, and then they told me I couldn't go get my stuff because I have some 
stuff in the office that I needed that I brought with me because it's like like my my backpack that I have my stuff in and some stuff that I left because I asked for a an office desk because I was coming into the office so much and then they said we'll have you wait in the lobby someone out someone is waiting outside this meeting room and they will help you get your stuff and it felt surreal i think the term that i had was that comes to mind is i was dissociating so i didn't know what was ha i would, didn't feel what was happening until after i let it sink in i was in shock i was in shock pretty much yeah. and then sitting there in the office i believe uh sitting in the chair like i had brought in headphones a backpack and uh for some snacks that i grabbed from from home because i wanted to snack before lunch and then i couldn't because i left the bag there at the desk they wouldn't let me go back to walk for it and then they i had to wait in the lobby and they had to pick up all my stuff um and then they asked did you leave anything else uh, the person that picked up my stuff for me was pretty nice and there's like uh is there anything else like i asked for specific specific things that they could bring to me they kind of did and then they said okay this is as much as i as you can hold cuz uh you don't have any other things and then we'll bring we'll ship everything else to you in a box which i got uh got yesterday i believe uh yeah, and I then saw, i saw that tweet of the picture of the stuff that you yeah, got if and... people in chat want to look at it they can look at it but i won't link it here uh yeah that, like i had uh... i hold i want to be very clear i hold no ill will against anyone who's still working there at bungie because those oh, are no, my, no. those are my friends those are my co-workers i was the fresh face there and i just didn't get enough time to know anybody but before i was locked out of the system i sent the team that i worked with my personal email and my personal phone number that was all i could get out before i believe they just locked everything because after after like 10 minutes after that meeting and i was waiting in the lobby they were shutting everything in mine down so my day started at around 7 30 a.m my day ended around 7 25 or 10 25. so when you went in that meeting you said it was a small meeting were there other co-workers or i'm going to assume it was mostly no, it was just me and the person telling me that I was being let go. And like an HR person, I believe. I don't know, but I don't know the experience of other people. It was a small meeting meant specifically to tell me I was let go. 
and I was, I don't know, fortunate or unfortunate, depending on how you say it, to see the person. I was talking to the person face to face. Right. Yeah, because we we definitely did hear that some people were told by email. So that that is that is definitely a double edged sort of were, were you lucky or were were you not? But that you got that you got told in person. Um, I think for me, when it comes to this, seeing the fallout that sort of occurred online and sort of, I think what most people sort of interpreted as tone death, uh, what, like, I, I remember, uh, us talking, what, for, 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 for the people like, like watching what or listening, what was your feelings watching it unfold on social media? after you were able to get home and sort of process everything. Um, it definitely was just kind of surreal to see how many people were let go. Um, people, uh, I started referring to it as, because whenever I asked my co- co-workers or former co-workers, they were like, I would ask them, who survived the purge? Because that's what it kind of felt like. Like it, shit, we we surreal. we oh. don't know who lived. We don't we don't know who stayed, and I would only know after the fact of asking them. I wouldn't say purge. It was more like the snap, but you know the same deal. It was like right. It was literally anyone. One friend I knew. One coworker was there for five years. One coworker just got moved out two months ago. So it was like no one was safe. With a little asterisk. I don't know if leadership was. But anyway, that's regardless of the point. Yeah. Still though, that just like it it, it was very mind blowing to see how like chaotic is the best one that I can sort of find it in terms of like like no, no rhyme or reason for the cuts it wasn't like oh like this many people had to be cut for this department or whatever like the cert, like composers that formed the the groundwork of the game artists that formed the groundwork of the game that it it, it it was yeah, very indiscriminate. Yeah, it was very indiscriminate, and I didn't know why. I still don't know kind of why. They gave me a vague reason, kind of like how Cajun said, "Of your position is no longer needed." And on top of that, it like not only did they, you know, some of these people set up this game, but they've been with some of these individuals. Like from what we've been seeing online, Michael Savatori. Um, I can't remember her name, but one of the Lorraine. original artists from back in Halo. Halo! This yeah, it was is... uh, Lorraine something. She did all the comics yeah. for Halo. Like, I didn't even know these people still worked with Bungie. Like, it was a massive operation. Like, we, I only got to know... 20 something people and that was just because of my teams and people who worked before who worked there before me introduced me to them like oh here's this person and I would be excited to shake their hand and to speak to the twitch chat 
Uh, yeah, I was at the office. I had lunch with Joe Blackburn like two, three different times. Mm. So it was like we were. I was there. It was physical. It was. Uh, it was nice to have the office. Actually, I was able to go in. I got my daily walks in, kind of, because I was able to get into the office and I was like, "Oh, everyone's here," or at least like some people were here. And it was it was nice to like. It made me feel more part of the company than ever before because I was like, "Ah, I'm at the office. I'm here with other people." But that just kind of, yeah, at this point, that's besides the point at this point. So, side question, I have to ask, and I think this will add a little levity to the situation. You mentioned Joe Blackburn. Do you prefer Joe Blackburn with or without the mustache? <laughs> uh, what was that Parks and Recreation character, Ron with the mustache? Yeah, Ron. Yes, it's like so. My vision, right? Joe with the back with the mustache is Ron. Joe without the mustache is Chris Pratt's character. <laughs> so it was like it's night and day. But I didn't recognize because I took the elevator with him once to go because I was leaving the office because I was going home and there was like he was without the mustache and they were just like, "Hey, how you doing?" And I was like, I took a double take. I was like, Joe Blackbird, and I got really excited and shake took his hand. <laughs> but it was like, uh, I think more people are used to him uh, without the mustache now. But yeah, I think believe when I in my inter- my internal mental image of him was like, oh, he has the mustache, and so I think <laughs> without it, it kind of looks really weird. It, it but, definitely but it is very a funny. night and day. I I will say but, that they're, they're, but you they're, understand they're, my reference, right? It's like yeah, mustache, oh, no, it's baby face, point. like yeah, like it, 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 it's so stark of a difference. It threw people off, especially like during the the Twitter video. He had to tell people, "Ayo, the Lightfall presentation. Well, you'll see me with a mustache. Sorry to disappoint you. My mustache is gone. Like that kind of <laughs> threw me off." But um, what I was uh, I the, 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 since you mentioned the office, I know one thing that's been common around the around one of the talking points has been the the conversation of the improvements that have been made to the office, the renovations that have been going on. When, when like in the face of remote work being so common in your like 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 uh, the the like facility, what was that like when it comes to? seeing the renovations being done, but also working with remote people to make the game work the way it does? Uh, I don't think... The office was kind of an afterthought, actually. It was like a big, nice place to go to if you were able to. And it was an incentive for people to like, hey, if you want to work here more often, you should move here. It was the idea. It was like, it was a it was a bonus, right, to people who were able to be, uh, able to come in, but it was it was never of like you need to come into the office. I just felt like going in there because like, I feel like it made me feel like I had a real job. <laughs> is is how sense. I put it to like my my mom and my dad because like, they were like, but you play with video games, but there's an office, and they were so confused. 
<laughs> but anyway, I'm, yeah, I'm it was so like worried. a... In the face of that, I don't want to say... Because they... they uh, all the things at the office was like kind of secondhand to what uh what else was going on with the because regardless of what happened in the game the office was still being built i believe i don't know i can't say to like how what the production level of the office was but like right when i got when i started going into the office it was done okay so so when you came on board the new office the new quote-unquote campus was built i don't know if i can say when it was finished uh so we'll skip that question but in terms of it it is finished currently the renovations have been done to your knowledge probably i don't know i haven't gotten a good look in in a few days that's valid (laughs) okay Cajun, I know you had like a few different ones. I don't want to. Oh, dang yeah, it! Yeah. Well, why does that keep happening? That's so weird. Like, I, 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 I don't know why the camera just keeps dipping in it. I don't know what's been going on with that. <laughs> I need, to, I just need to put all my browsers on like one, one my monitor and stop moving. Like, like, like trying to like to assume Discord's gonna play nice with me. I apologize for that. Um, but in turn, I'm answering somebody in one of the chats. The bu- oh. <laughs> it's Bungie. They're they're trying. To- no, stop that. No. Oh, I hope no, not. No, no. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't see that happening. No, like that's not gonna happen. But like, in terms of the in terms of it, um, I know there is a lot of concern when it comes to the future of the game, and I know that you have the like like the best of intentions or the, or the best. Like, you're still a player first. You still care about this game. And I, I don't think there's anybody who doesn't want to see it succeed. But in, without obviously, like, saying anything out of pocket, what do you, like, like, do you see the future going well from your perspective? Mm, I can't say on anything past the final shape. Because I know whatever they have for next season is pretty much uh, done at this point. Like we were, we were just working on final shape stuff pretty much for a while. I don't know how. I don't. I'm not gonna say, but uh, I know the stuff coming out next season is gonna be good and fun for everybody who still plays. But final shape, I don't know. I I'm gonna still play it just because I managed to snag a game code for that, so I'm not canceling anything from myself. Right. So I'm gonna have like a first-hand experience of it. But as a matter of, if you still are hesitant on buying it, I would wait because I don't know how many, I don't know what's gonna happen with Final Shape. Okay. That is, that if, if you want a TLDR of what I just said, play next season, wait for Final Shape. All right. Gotcha. Jason, so, how are you feeling there? So I, I've i got one question. Um, 
so once again, you came on shortly after Witch Queen. And from the time that you started to, I'll say before you got laid off, do you feel that the overall community, the concerns that were brought back, brought up, that the feedback from not just as a QA tester, but also as a player yourself, do you feel that community concerns were valid in the feedback that they were bringing? Well, obviously, yes, just because we were all, we were all, the devs are also players. Like, people find it hard to believe. We play the game we produce because we enjoy it. So we can see some of the valid, more valid points of it. But it's also, we have a wider point of view sort of thing. Like, not everyone's a hardcore player like I am. Like, some people never played like Destiny 2 before they started working here. And then once we started easing them into it, they were like, okay, we can see why, like some points. But we were a vast majority, the vast player base of like uh, hardcore players who played raids and trials and day ones and stuff and did speed runs and stuff. They were versus like the players who didn't know about, like people who, players who just started it is like, why does everything, why is there so much stuff to, come in to produce it so that we definitely the new player experience is not exactly friendly and we can kind of agree Ooh, on that. i'm glad somebody said it because i've been saying it yeah. for years yeah i think that's one one of i'll say one of many things that both me and panda can both agree with is that the new player experience definitely needs a lot of work a lot of attention but i I think I'm really going to freaking stoke the fire when I say this, and a lot of players are going to agree. The cost of entry into yeah. the franchise needs to be fixed because the amount that it takes for a new player to jump in and be fully integrated uh, to be able to do all the content is fucking absurd. Like, unless you're on PC and get a game code from, like, here and there, it is, like, over two to three hundred dollars just to get for entry. And I, yeah, that's I don't... A, a... I can't really say to that point, just because I've been playing for so long, so it was more of, like, a monthly expense than anything, but... Right. Uh, That was, like... I could see how people are... I... Like, it was, like, kind of, like, a numbing sensation, because it was, like, I've been playing this game for so long and shoveling out for every expansion just because I wanted to see what happened next. And because I enjoyed the game that, yeah, counting it, it's a big commitment if you want to play the game. But I can't really say on whether or not they'll change any of these prices because I'm not sure uh, why they did certain pricings. Because the, you have to understand, whenever employees start the game, they have, like, codes and stuff they can use, so, like, so they don't... Mm. I mean... Mm. You, that makes you, sense. You, you work for Bungie, you get codes. It's like, even if you worked on... It was like... Yeah, that's how I gave... That's how I had my codes for Final Shape, because they came out with those codes in pre-orders before I, before I left. So I used that immediately. I always would would run out kind of fast on those 
because my friends always wanted one, but I only had so many to give away. That's logical. That makes sense. So when it comes back to what you said, um, I don't know how much you can say because, like, like my my the minute you said like 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 wait for final shape, my brain was immediately like, why? I don't like or without like like d- descript without too much detail. What has you concerned? What what are your major concerns moving forward in terms of the future of the game? Um, well, just because I was laid off, man, they just right. Like we have statistically, they have less people to work with, so it doesn't really. It's like. If we were, if it was, it was a different story. If we had like people working on it, but it was like now it was like, what's gonna happen? We don't know because you said that you like you took the right people. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, that, that I was gonna like get to that. Yeah, that yeah. was that was like my exact next question when it comes to like the future of the of the things. That was the. I don't. Major I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to get into what was said on Twitter, but it was hard to read even the stuff that came out today was kind of hard to read but it was i my perspective on it was like it's a bunch of it's like how you can write a whole paragraph and say nothing that was that was pretty much what it felt like it felt like there was one reply in the the, on the twitter post that just said words like that's all that was there was words there was no Sentiment, and there was even like like a, a bingo game going on of the like buzzwords of can we find all the bungee buzzwords necessary here? And I mean, they always have buzzwords, but I don't know how much of the like I didn't know if there was a bingo card of that. I'd be honest, I don't know if there was a bingo thing of like. But I kind of that's a funny idea now. That I think about it. It's like, I, it, it, yeah. I think everybody can come up with like the freaking uh, bingo card for just about anything, you know. Freaking, you know, like the people had the twenty, you know, people joke around and said, uh, "Well, I didn't have that on the twenty twenty three bingo card," you know, etc. Um, but in relations to the post, I think a lot of people were looking for those. Whenever there's been a situation, either with Bungie or with Destiny two people kind of look at the responses from the dev team or, you know, in twids or et cetera. They look for those buzzwords that say, Oh, this is a generic PR response from corporate. Right. You know, is kind of what that whole, you know, Oh, well, is this on my bingo card? That's where that derives from. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, that's kind of the idea. And but like in terms of it, I know you, I know you don't want to touch too much on the Twitter speak and whatnot. Uh, but in terms of the like sentiment, like ha- like have you had like obviously you can't say like who, what, when, where, and why. But in terms of the have have you been able to converse with anybody in terms of other departments and their view on things? I mean, if you're still at Bungie, it just sucks because you want to take a break but you can't just because life moves on with or without you it's just kind of a fact of the matter for whether you're 
whether, whether you like it or not, it's just there. Right. Like, they want to do things, they want to get work done, but it's really difficult with this huge mental toll, right? People have called it survivor's guilt, but I think it's more yeah. than that. Because, like, there's survivor's guilt, and there's also the moral aspect of, okay, they just laid off 100 people. What's stopping them from laying off me next? Because it was like, you want to do your job well, but also you want to have job security. There's a whole mental dilemma for everyone still working at Bungie. And I want to emphasize that it's going to be hard whether you're laid off regardless or not. And I want people to, like you said at the beginning of this, have empathy. Like, people didn't want this. No one wants layoffs to happen. Layoffs suck. Right. But it's just yeah. like, what can what else can people do? That, yeah. That's like the whole thing of it. It's like, we still have to go on. Right. And Very much so. As someone who about four years ago was laid off as well, and being able to talk to not just my coworkers that were still at the company, but those of us that also got laid off, there's a mental component to both sides of the coin. It's not this, you know, one side is, you know, all chipper and happier because they quote unquote survive. Yeah, it's like uh, Jess said in chat, the paranoia of how did I miss the cut? You know, some yeah. people will literally question, should should I have been cut? You know, what makes me better? What makes me more valuable? And the sad truth of it all, and this is what I want to impart to a lot of people, the sad truth of it all is that when it comes to corporations, when it comes to companies, there is no right or wrong. At the end of the day, for so many people, you are a number. You are a number on a spreadsheet. And for some people, for some departments, it's literally you, RNG was against you. You yeah. you didn't realize you rolled that day, but you rolled a nat one, and that's the shit end of the freaking stick. And it's, uh, it's I don't know. I don't know if that's how you feel about that, uh, Brainiac. Yeah, definitely of those, like, uh, you mentioned D20, but it was more like a percentile die, I imagine. But it was like, yeah, that sort of thing. It was like, <sighs> I just have to sigh and try to move forward. That's all you really can do with it, yeah. And honestly, I very much i don't want to say look forward because i feel like the wrong thing to say when it comes to this it very much i am interested to see what occurs moving forward because it felt like the article today 
tried to hold up the the old image of Bungie. It tried to hold up the pre-Monday Bungie, or at least what we could perceive to be the, the pre-Monday Bungie. And that doesn't really exist anymore. So I think moving forward, it will be very interesting, interesting to see what plays out because based off what Brainiac said of just like wait for Lightfall, not Lightfall, Final, Final Shape, rather, yeah. Brain Kit process. Not you, Brain, but me, Brain Kit process. Um, but in terms of like, like wait for Final Shape, it very much has me concerned more so than I previously was because it feels as if they're not only from Monday, but from those words that the Bungie we knew isn't fully there. So I very much wanted this to be an emergency broadcast talking about this because Brainiac's story does matter. And I think the one thing that I think the industry needs to hear from this talk or any other talk that occurs in the next few weeks is the industry needs to change. Like, like the the one thing that I, I've heard recently, and I, and I don't know how you feel about this, Brainiac, there's been, there's been layoffs around the industry. But this feels different. This feels different than every other company. Like like someone said, like Epic Games threw like a bunch of folks out the door despite them making hand over fist. Like new season of Fortnite drops tomorrow. Like that doesn't make sense. But this feels different where it was like just scattershot taking out people without warning. We're just going to just drop people from new age to old age without cause rhyme or reason. So I don't know how you like, like, like what your, your feeling of like people saying, Oh, the industry is making cuts that is, like, but like, it doesn't make it. Okay. It's definitely of like, mm, I kind of see what you're going for. It was like, it was an industry thing, but I think people, like it was kind of the thing of like the image of Bungie was, they were a, small team of people that are working on a big game and they were like I believe they kind of had like an underdog image regardless but they're corporate as far as I'm concerned now like as much as you want to say like Bungie is the people that work there not the company but they were acquired by Sony they are a corporation Dang. It hurts. It hurts to say, but it's yeah. like now it that you're stings. seeing a, it's a industry trend, and corporations follow industry trends. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. I think it's just like most recent events, the layoffs have just people finally be able to peel back that facade of like, shit's shit's fucked, you know, whatever. And I think that there's a lot of people out there, you know, people like I'm going to say Jason Scryer, who is doing a lot of work, kind of bringing this more and more to notice. Um, for yeah, those that I... don't, for, for those that don't know Jason Scryer, he writes for over at Bloomberg, but for a long time, for several years now, he has been breaking news on a lot of like game industry issues such as crunch 
overwork, you know, issues within studios based upon poor, you know, management decisions. And it's really shed a light within the gaming industry. And uh, Jason was one of the people that first broke the news about the Bungie layoffs and things from anonymous sources from uh, from within Bungie about what was going on. So, you know, this is, for those that don't know, this has been a major issue, not just the layoffs, but like how developers, and not only that, QAs as well, have been treated to the point where a lot of, a lot of consumers now, a lot of gamers are starting to stand behind develop the dev teams and say, hey, y'all need to unionize, protect yourselves. Bottom line, because things like what happened this week should not be happening. Yeah, I definitely should have. I was, I'll say it, I was naive. I thought this thing I had with my dream job could have lasted forever, but I should have been more realistic. It wasn't going to last forever. And Monday was just proving that fact with regardless of how senior you were at Bungie, you were fit for the guillotine. So that kind of leads me to an extra question. And like I said, answer from your experience. Was there ever a point in the two years that you were there that you ever felt that there was ever a need for a union within Bungie for the team? Um, or got the sense that, you know, the team itself needed a union. I'll say it like this. I am completely new to the, like the industry of like making games for money. Like I was always going, I am kind of still a new face on the block sort of things. I wasn't aware of industry level issues until fairly recently this week of that rather fact. So I didn't even, the thought of union didn't cross my mind uh, unless you were talking about like the uh, writer strike, because that always just popped up in people. It was like in it was it was popping up in um, just popping up in news because like oh shows are having writer strikes and whatnot. But it was like I don't know, man. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, that it's just it's it's a hard thing to sort of like stomach and and like deal with, and I I. I'm truly sorry that you that you've had to deal with this. Um, but I do want to thank you for sitting down with us. Like it can't be easy having to like process that live with some with folks, especially on a, on a on a live broadcast. So I do want to thank you tremendously for being here. And I know like there's been folks in both both the Discord and the TikTok, both the Twitch and the and the TikTok chats that like showing you love and sending love because they do care about you as a dev. As like every dev has been getting tons of love this week. It it I really hope that the future is bright for you and everyone else because 
you've created and you've helped fix a game that has changed so many lives. Like it, it, it may have like, 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 it, like you've like just it, like, we were sitting here clouded about, about the, uh, the, uh, legendary farm and, and whatnot. But at the same time, it's like you helped repair something that was messed up. And that's still a big piece of a, of a thing that we all love and that matters. So I definitely want to make sure that you are emphasized here that you mattered when it came to this project. So for, like so much, thank you for being here. Yes. Thank you, Brainiac. Uh, like I said earlier, I sympathize for what you had to go through because having been laid off myself, this really does freaking it hits the heart and it's not something you ever want to see someone go through. But I really wish you the best in what you do. And thank you for coming forward and sharing your story. Because I know, especially given that this just happened Monday, this could not have been easy for you. And like I said, I want to thank you. And I wish you the best. And I'm going to extend this to you. If you ever need to talk to someone, my DMs are open to you, brother. Most definitely, same. So you know, like we are definitely gonna wrap up the show. Um, like, but in terms of something, what do you want to leave people with? We always say on the show that we're gonna have a, like, like a final word, like like a, like a final statement of the show. What do you want to leave the fans of Destiny with moving forward? Mm. I didn't think of this. Probably should have. Um, I'm gonna say. I want to emphasize that. Uh, Bungie was. Bungie should be not looked at as. Okay, don't look at Bungie as the corporation. Look at it as the devs. Care about the devs and what they're doing personally rather than what's been going on with all the final shape restructuring stuff. It sucks it's going to happen, but I really want people to remember that they're people at the end of the day. Like People always clown on like, haha, Bungie is a uh, indie game studio, yada yada. They have this, whatever, right? And like they just nebulous bungee has just been tossed around so often. But it's just like it's just tiring to hear of like, oh, we're gonna do. It's just the bun another thing that bungee does, but it's just like bungee is more than that. It's the people, and I want people to remember that. The people are more affected more than the corporation, I guess. I don't know. It's really weird. No, you make a very good point. Is that like that's the hard thing to hear, like to really like remember sometimes is that it sucks that some things are out of your guys' control. I think the one thing that like that stuck out to me from the reporting was that sometimes the the dreams and the ideas of the devs fall on deaf ears to the higher ups. So 
the devs themselves do matter in the grand scheme of things. You matter. Like other testers, other like uh, like the community managers, everybody mattered when it came to this. And apparently, people, other people viewed it otherwise. And I'm I'm sorry that 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 really does suck. So I just. I'm still like we'll always be thankful that I got to spend this time with you because I feel like this conversation can open eyes for people to hear like, hey, real people poured their soul into this game. It's not just a corporation making corporate decisions constantly when it comes to situations. If that makes sense. Yeah, I just it's important to me that people remember that these are people, not a faceless thing you can just faceless things like you could just like crap all over it's like ha ha this is a shit game but people made the shit game so don't dismiss that just because you don't like it fair enough but we're gonna go ahead and wrap things up folks thank you for being here and hearing from Radiac. thank you for being here with us and we will possibly have a show tomorrow. We're going to talk about it, but I think this at the very least was needed because it gave a voice to the people who have been hurt. So we, we will catch y'all star side because we mean that more than what was said today. And we will always be, let's see y'all star side. Peace out.